Layout Leads. On this episode of the Corona Bloody Virus Extraordinary Ones of Layout Leads, I have Colin Griffiths come along to tell me all about the Scrap Store. He's a store coordinator and he comes to tell me about Scrap, which is a wonderful and much loved resource for arts and play. It sounds like the most fantastic place and I really can't wait to go along and view it for myself. Have a listen. On this Corona Bloody Virus Extraordinary episode, Colin Griffiths has come along to talk to me. Hello, Colin. Hi, hi. And you are a star coordinator at Scrap. I am, yes, yeah. Can you explain to people who don't know exactly what Scrap is? Basically, it's a scrap store. So we dive commercial waste, things that would have gone to landfill, things that have been produced by commercial companies. And we divert their unwanted items, which can be any shape and size. And we then reuse them mainly for, we salvage them for art and play materials. Oh, that's fantastic. So are you managing to sort of transform a lot of things that way? Tons and tons of material every year. And I say it's it's really varied. I mean, it can be things such as card, textiles, foam, plastic, buttons, ribbons, tubes, tyres, all sorts of things, ranging from the very tiny to huge items that go in our school playgrounds, etc. Wow. And so do schools get in touch with you and make an appointment to come and see you? They do it works in two ways. I mean, we're a shop, so we're open to the public. So anyone can come under, under normal conditions when we're not locked down. Anyone can come visit the scrap store over at Sunnybank Mills in Farsley. So that part of it is a, a shop. You just come in like any other shop. You browse. It's, it's very different because it's weird and wonderful and, and full of things that you never see elsewhere. It sounds like an Aladdin's cave. That's the phrase that everyone uses when they come in, yeah. And with, there's, there's a real sort of first-timers look. People walk into this wonderful mill space and their jaw just drops. It's hard to describe if you've not seen it. There will be some photos and things very special online that you can look at but you need to kind of experience it in its in its full glory as it were but the other side of the business are scrap sheds which is where we install sheds at schools uh, and then we fill those with like weird and wonderful play materials lots of like lots of things sort of things that children can play make things out of roll around in climb through and that's all to do with their imagination and just making things out of weird and wonderful objects that they've probably never seen before Wow, what a great idea. And do you get to see some of the results of the things they've done with what you supply them? We do. We'll often see photos. Schools will send photos. Um, it's just, it, it's, yeah, I mean, we see things all the time. Customers and schools alike are always kind of letting us know what they've done with things uh, and the positive impact it's had on, on the way that they've used them. Oh, that's absolutely great. So um, whereabouts are you based in Leeds? So we're over at Sunnybank Mills in Farsley. So for people that don't know sort of where we are, the western side of Leeds, out in the suburbs, uh, about four miles from the city centre. Um, you can drive there, there's loads of parking, there's plenty of public transport over to Farsley. And like I said, we're in Sunnybank Mills, which is a, a wonderful uh, restored mill space at the bottom end of Town Street. I'd love to, I'll have to come and visit. I've heard lots of people mention you before on previous podcasts. So yeah, I'll, when, when things are different, um sort of going back towards normal i'll definitely come over and and have a look i mean it's a very what people say it's a very sort of browsy shop we've got an online store now uh, which we've launched during lockdown but at the shop everyone says you need to actually kind of experience coming into the shop and just looking through the the rows and rows and barrels and baskets of, of weird and wonderful things it sounds fantastic. And so how long has this been going for? So where we are now, over at Sunnybank Mills, we've been there for about six years. Louise Lucas, who is our director, our boss, she set the company up in about 2007. And originally we were based on the edge of Leeds over at Air Place Mills, where Seagull's paint are. Oh, yeah. But then we relocated to a bigger, sort of more more practical space over at Sunnybank Mills about six years ago. And how did you get involved with everything there? I'd used the shop as a customer for years. I've various sort of things I've done in my, in my past. I've, when I'm not working at Scrap, I work as a graphic designer. Ah. So for in terms of art materials, it was just 
magnificent, so diverse and so cheap compared to going to a professional art supply shop. And then after that, I was a teaching assistant when I ended up teaching a lot of the art lessons in the schools I worked in. And I just used to use scrap for all my resources. Because again, you get these weird and wonderful things that the children hadn't seen or used before. And as a result, they, what they produced in their art lessons was so different. So if you just gave them bog standard paints and glue and you know normal A4 paper, you suddenly give them all this weird and wonderful recycled shapes and materials they've never seen. So I used to use you know use scrap resources for a lot of what I did. And then you got involved working there yourself. Yeah, I just saw um, I saw saw a job come. Up. I saw a job come up for the scrap store coordinator, and I'd, I'd always loved scrap anyway. And I just thought I'd kind of like to combine that so I've now do sort of part-time graphic design uh, and then do a few days a week at scraps kind of best of both worlds excellent sounds like a great place to work as well absolutely yeah yeah and so your graphic design work that you do in your spare time what kind of work do you do with that anything sort of logos flyers posters I mean these days I do more of my own stuff so sort of print making and just kind of coming up with the things that I want to design um, but then I do kind of I do bits of just obviously working in the scrap store I do some of our branding and, and various bits for scrap it's just odds and ends, like I say, it's not, not my main sort of my main income anymore. I keep off enjoyment these days. Yeah. And when a lockdown happened, did that affect every the way that you run the store and, and made you made you all think about different ways of delivering your services? Yeah, we've had to adapt. I mean the store when when the store's in full swing, we've got a combination. We've got the scrap store itself, we've got people coming and going filling the scrap sheds out in the schools. We're doing pickups and deliveries, you know, from, from all sorts of places, just anywhere that might have things that we can use. We've got stuff coming and going in the vans. We used to have a community cafe, which was a kind of a maker space where people could drop in, have a coffee, have a slice of cake, just sit around and make things and meet like-minded people. Oh, that sounds absolutely wonderful. It was lovely. I mean, we, we had kids' workshops going on there. We have a big training room where we have other larger workshops going on. So when the We've got the full floor in our mill space. So when it's all singing and dancing, it's just really lively. Lots going on, you know, dozens of people coming and going in the shop. But then obviously lockdown hit. We had to close the cafe. So we've just not got the space to run that with social distancing in place. So for the moment, that's that's mothballed. Obviously, that affects workshops and training. And then under full lockdown, obviously, we can't even open the shop. We're not we're not essential. Oh, yeah. So some staff are furloughed. I myself am furloughed for the moment. Uh, we've got kind of a, a skeleton crew, as it were, in there running things. But then luckily, last month, we launched our online shop, which is growing day by day. We're just trying to get as many products as we can from the mill, from the shop space out there so people can still buy them and whether that's individual makers who just rely on us for fabrics and and sewing materials crafting materials through to the schools and nurseries that really depend on us yeah of course yeah so we're doing that we've got combination of delivery and click and collect and we're let's say we're building the, the online shop day by day just getting more and more stuff on there that's brilliant so i'll make sure that i put links in the podcast notes that people can click through and have a look themselves yeah yeah so it's been it's must have been quite a difficult time and a, and a bit of a worrying time have you found any techniques or found anything that sort of helped you through personally through this difficult time whilst you've been furloughed? I think I'm lucky, like I said, because I've got kind of creative interests. I think it was weird for everyone to get used to it first. I think we all felt a bit kind of lost and I think we felt a bit a bit wrong that, you know, although it's a reduced wage, it seems a bit weird getting paid, but mm-hmm. not not being allowed to go to work, you know, not, not just not going in. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people found that weird just to get head round. But then personally, I've got a lot, lot of sort of, you know, side things that I can do, creative projects, things I can just work on, maybe things that I've always wanted to do but been too busy to do. Yeah. You know, ideas ideas from sketchbooks, just doing sort of, you know, prints and T-shirt ideas and badges and, and just generally just rooting through, you know, an Apple Mac full of bits and pieces and that'll keep, that'll keep, that'll keep me busy forever. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And have, what's one of the strangest things that you've come across in the scrap store? 
Oh, at work, the the weirdest one that we ever have, that we still have them. We got we got given a batch of felt coffins. Oh wow! <laughs> they were made in in a Yorkshire mill, and they're beautiful. But they are designed for if you have an eco funeral and you choose to have a box to your coffin. The idea that the felt coffin kind of housed that box, as it were. Ah. Uh. So they're weird. They they just they you know we, we kind of they came in and we all had a bit of a giggle and tried them for size, lay on the floor in them and things like that. But they are they are amazing things. They're really high quality, and people come in and see them in the shop, and it's just a sign hanging up felt coffins. And people are like, is that what it says it is? <laughs> people are quite I've, genuinely. I've had I've fitted people like an undertaker when I've had people lying on the floor in the shop trying them for size. <laughs> And then taking one home, stashing it, and then putting in, you know, saying, I'm going to leave a note in my will telling my kids that I've got a coffin ready. Oh, wow. It's, it sounds really macabre, but, it, you know, it's actually, the, the weird thing is that a felt coffin is 100% biodegradable. Of course. It's actually a really good thing. You know, they're, they're pure wool. But odds that people will come in and, and jovially kind of buy one and then let you know they're going home to put it somewhere safe and leave a note saying it's to be used one day, which is <laughs> odd. But that's just, that's just another day at Scrappies. You know, that's the sort of thing we never know what's coming in. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I suppose as well, something like that could be used for sort of decoration if you're if you're allowed to have a pie, or also for um, you know sort of props for a movie, a young students are making. Or yeah, I mean a lot of things like so we with the things range range in um, shape and style, but we get you know we can have one day just a van full of mannequins will turn up, and mannequins are a great thing that students love them if they're doing sort of fashion. Yeah, shops buy them just as you know some shops will buy them not so much as mannequins but as quirky things, and then they end up being kind of chopped down and made into you know, made into lamps and. And all sorts of weird and wonderful things. It's just it's it's that whole thing that our customers view things in a very different way. Yeah, and things very rarely end up being used what they were intended for. You know, they they go and go on to have another life as you know, weird and wonderful things of all shapes and sizes. Yeah, it just sounds like a warehouse full of um, sort of wonderful ideas and, and possibilities. Yeah, and it's unlimited, especially with the, when, where the children are concerned. We have what we kind of call unprescribed play. So it's you don't tell them that. It, you know, an item's meant to be something. You know, to a child, an old tyre, say a go-kart tyre, to them it doesn't have to be a tyre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's whatever they want it to be. And we, we sell go-kart tyres that come from the, the go-kart racetracks and they go on to be things. We have a guy, that one customer that comes in, he makes drum kits out of them and he does music therapy sessions where... People, you know, literally will put a film over the lid and people tap on them and, and different tyres make different sounds. So that's something that they're used for. We have another customer that makes them into birdhouses. Wow. So he basically puts the tyre onto a wall with the round hole facing out. He makes the hole smaller so it attracts various types of birds. And then he puts a spark plug into them as a little perch. Oh. So it's like really industrial and automotive looking, but, you know, it's it's used for wildlife. That's just amazing. That's the way customers think, you know, that's that's what we're good at and we attract that sort of person that thinks differently. It must be really exciting when you get a customer come in and they've got sort of a, a strange project on the go and they're looking for all sorts of specific things. We love it and I think that's what's different is the fact that we have time to talk to the customers. It's about knowing, you know, it's about knowing what they're thinking of. And again, as as the scrap store coordinators, we have a little sort of nickname, Reimagineers, which part of our job, if someone comes in, whether they know what they want to do or not, it's about us knowing all the things we've got in the space, in the shop and being able to recommend and being able to get people to see things differently and maybe consider something that's beyond the norm or consider how they can repurpose something for what their need was. I, lo- I love that as a, as a role name, a reimagineer. Reimagineers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> T-shirts of reimagineer printed on the front of them. That's a good idea. So can I ask you, Colin, have you always lived in Leeds? Yeah, well, most of my life. We moved up here from down south when I was two, but I'm now in my, my sort of late 40s, so it's, it's all I 
know really. <laughs> a few years away, a few years away at uni, but yeah, I'd kind of we lived in, in over in Garforth and East Leeds for the early part of my life, and then I've uh, lived in in sort of lived in Hyde Park for about eight years. I've, I've lived in the city centre, and now I'm over at uh, Chapel Allerton. So you're um, completely qualified then to answer the three questions. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first one being, what would you say is great about the city of Leeds? I think it's a combination of it. It's really diverse. It's quite a creative space. We've got a good music scene, but it's diverse, but it's quite compact. You compare it to, to other cities, sort of, such as Manchester, Birmingham, where they, they can be quite sprawling. And I think Leeds has that real sort of little square in the middle of the city centre. So if you think in between kind of Lane and the Hedgerow and then down to Eastgate and Westgate, and everything's kind of not crammed in there, but it's very, very compact. And it's that thing you can go in and, and get done what you need to do and visit all you know all the great places that there are but you're not having to walk miles and miles everything's kind of there all at once and i think because of that i think there's that it gives you that sense of community and you've got a lot of crossovers a lot of the business owners know each other you'll find that someone that runs a cafe will be at a gig on a night and stuff like that and it's just i think it makes it more of a, a community sort of feel to it yeah i think you're right and I, we have a lot of people say that as well for one of the great things about the city yeah, i agree yeah, it doesn't feel small. I'd say it doesn't have that. It doesn't feel like a small city. It's a big city, but it has that nice, close kind of feel to it. I totally know what you mean. And if you had to choose something, what would you say is something that is not so great about the city? There's a couple of things. That, I mean, I'm not. I think as you get older, that I'm kind of not as much of a fan of the, the city centre anymore. I find that a lot of the good stuff is now out in the suburb. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be now. Anything from sort of you think Bruno Social Club is kind of you know half an hour's walk from the city centre. Yeah. But then you've got the suburbs, and I'm thinking, you know, like for example, Grafton in Farsley. We're four miles out, and it does sometimes seem to some people, well, we're not part of Leeds but we are yeah. I think all, all the suburbs you know you're thinking sort of you know Headingley, Meanwood, Roundhay, Chapel Allerton, Hyde Park there's so much good stuff going on not far from the city centre uh, and just some. I mean I know there's still loads of great places in the city centre all, all the great sort of independent record shops and the cafes and the bars and the, the venues but I think that also comes hand in hand with sort of the Friday, Saturday nights where it's a very different place and you've got drinking culture and so I don't know maybe maybe it's an age thing that you kind of move back to the suburb <laughs> when you get a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But we've also had we've also had similar uh, similar comments from other people as well about how. So I'm not sure if it's necessarily an age thing, but just just people tending to think that perhaps the city centre space is not quite so much for them anymore. It's it's a combination that yeah, and you know you've got you've got to depend on public transport, which especially at the moment people aren't comfy doing. I mean, you've got all the issues like parking. You've got more and more of the roads being made pedestrianised. It's getting harder to drive into the city centre. You know, to nip in and just park and pick something up is becoming harder and harder. I think. That's why people like the suburbs where you can just uh, either walk or hop in a car or hop on a bike, head over there and make an afternoon or a morning of it. You know, you can you can go to decent shops, have a coffee, have somewhere nice to eat. And I think it's just more appealing, kind of sometimes escaping the city centre. You'd have to go far to do that. And you, you, you think it starts as, as you know, Hyde Park. You are 10 minutes out of the, the city centre itself and you're already into diversity and just different things yeah definitely and i think as well what's really nice is every every little suburb of leeds has its own very distinct identity yeah and like you say you, you can you can do everything you need to do in town in that little area and you 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 really more often supporting local businesses by doing that yeah yeah absolutely and if somebody had lived in leeds for a very long time would you be able to recommend them somewhere that you would consider to be a hidden gem that they might never have heard of See, I'm not being biased, but I am going to say the scrap store at Farsley. <laughs> Good for you. I would say if, if I didn't work there, you know, if I just, I think even when I was a customer, I used to spread the word just because it, I, 
partly straps on, partly Sunnybank Mills, the development we're in. It's just, it's a really amazing mill space. Like, we're there, obviously. Yeah. But then there's a beautiful art gallery. There's a craft brewery just about to open with a huge beer garden. There's a big outdoor event space that's just been finished. There's the Mill Archive. It's just, it's, it's a great place. And you, ha- you can easily go over there. And that is one place where you can drive or get on the bus and park your car. And you can spend, you know, a good few hours over there. Yeah. And the scrap store itself, you know, we've got so many customers and yet every single day when the shop's open, people come in and like I say, they do that kind of first time uh, mouth agape, tell us how it's in Aladdin's cave, never seen anything like it. But so many people say, I didn't know you were here. And we hear it, you know, half a dozen times every day. I never knew you were here. I never knew about you. So it's great that you it's great that you're shouting out about it now and I and I hope it helps you um attract much more people when when you're at a place where you can attract people. Yeah, yeah, like I say, it's just that. I mean, we, word of mouth's great. Everyone that does come in rushes home and tells sort of three friends about it. But it's just it's that, that thing again of not just not just coming over to Farsley. It's that thing of get out, go and, go and discover what else is out there. Go to just a different part of Leeds and have a wander. Definitely. Sometimes you'll find nothing, but sometimes you'll just find all sorts. So it's that just go exploring, see, see what you can find. Yeah, well, you do sound like the perfect definition of a hidden gem. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I always ask guests uh, if they have a Leeds-based musician or band's track that they'd like to feature. And you have chosen The People by The Music. Do you want to tell me a little bit about why you've chosen that? Yeah, I just um, it was a hard choice. Let's say I'm a big music fan, go to a, a lot of gigs when I can, a huge record collection, and I've always sort of followed the Leeds music scene. Uh, and I was trying to avoid the obvious, trying to avoid the, the bands that are known as coming from being from Leeds. Um, I think the thing that reminded me of the music is that they they, they were a, a really sort of powerful, good sort of guitar band that were around. They were around. They, they split up in 2011, I think, and they were around for a good few years before that. Did a couple of excellent albums, and then just kind of disappeared. And they went on to do different things. Um, and they were one of those bands that were too good to go to waste. Oh. And then they've recently announced they're reforming. They're doing what at the moment is billed as a one-off gig, bigger big gig reforming and playing Temple Newsom next May. Uh, they've got the Crib supporting another great local band. There's about four or five bands on that day. Um, but just one of those bands, I always forget how good they are, and then I'll kind of, you know, pick one of the tracks on iTunes and just uh, suddenly remember that they were, they were, uh, you know, above above your normal kind of band. They just uh, really stood out. Yeah, brilliant. And so you'll be looking forward to that um, reunion then. As long as it happened, yeah. Fingers. Crossed. Yeah, that's all. Keep our fingers crossed. I may that we can do that sort of thing again, but yeah, I think um, it could be good timing. So I think it could be one of the. Hopefully, if we do all get the vaccine, it could be one of the first big gigs of next year. And I think it'll be just think it would have been good anyway. But I think the atmosphere, especially the combination of the music and the cribs playing as well. Yeah, I love the cribs. Quite a gig that one. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. And what will you be doing with the rest of your evening? This evening we are. We've got a couple of greyhounds. They need to go out for a walk. Crazy, crazy greyhounds who need a Aww. need a walk around tonight, and then sleep Friday night, and it's payday. So I think it's going to have to be a it's going to have to be a takeaway. Definitely. That sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so very much for coming along. I'll make sure I put links to everything that you're doing in the podcast notes that people can either click online and buy online and then wait for you to be open back up again and open to the public. Yeah, like I say, just a lot of people don't know what a scrap store is. It's that thing of just find out because it is, I think if you're a creative person in any way, it's life-changing. I'll definitely be coming along. Thanks again, Colin, and speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Yes, bye. What's happening?
I really enjoyed talking to Colin. I hope you enjoyed listening and it's made you interested in going along and having a look at that wonderful world. It sounds like the scrap store is. Um, it's in sunny Bank Mills, Farsley. I'll put lots of links in the podcast notes so that you can join in and go and have a look and perhaps buy something online. Um, Colin chose the song, which is The People by The Music. Uh, it's an upbeat track. It's by a great Leeds band and I think you'll enjoy it. Have a listen. Thank you.